Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. You know, one of the things I love about being part of God's church, um, this local church, is God's kingdom is bigger than just one church. God's at work all over the world. And uh, part of what you give to, uh, for those of you who give here at this church, is giving to support missionaries who are working in Africa, South America, and even in East Asia, in Japan. And so we have Peter and Wendy Thompson, who are missionaries in Japan uh, with us. And they're going to be uh, out after the service, um, and they're gonna, they would love to share about what God's doing and how you can support them. But for right now, we have the pleasure of having Peter uh, giving the word this morning. So would you please welcome him up? Everybody, good morning. It's great to be here today. Um, I'm gonna, I have to tell you right now, there's a little bit of culture shock going on because our church uh, in Japan is about the size of one-third of this stage, right? Um, and I'm wearing shoes inside the church, um, and nobody here is wearing masks. Um, so Japan is completely 100% masked, has been that way for the last two and a half years. So it's a very different experience, but I'm really excited to be here. I'm going to uh, introduce really quick Wendy, um, who is up here. It's my wife. Um, and Nina, uh, our youngest daughter, is here. Um, if you've been at the church for a while, um, usually we come in with four kids. Um, and over the years, they've all gotten bigger and bigger. Um, and this is the first time that only one child is with us as we've been visiting churches. Um, I, I want to share a little bit with why I want to share this morning from this scripture verse and tell you about what we're doing in Japan. As a boy... I grew up being taken to church, okay? um, and I could give a hundred different reasons why I did not want to go to Sunday school on a Sunday morning, okay? um, and when I was in junior high school, um, I went to Sowers uh, Junior High, I went to Edison High School, um, I graduated from Vanguard University, so kind of a little bit local, um, and uh, in junior high school, my family was invited to a church, um, and it was a small church here in Huntington Beach, and the people in that church loved each other and loved the Lord. And it was a, the first time when everything clicked. And it, the reason why things clicked and I understood who Jesus was, it was because of people loving one another and loving Jesus so beautifully in front of me. And so sharing today what I want to do is I want to look at the scripture from Joshua as a testimony of how God was moving in the nation of Israel at that time. And then we want to share about what God is doing in Japan. And the purpose is for all of us to move closer to Jesus and to love Jesus and to be challenged uh, to love Jesus more. So, oh, okay, wait, clicker. I'm going to mess this up, you guys, but no. Okay, there we are. So um, just so you can see, this is uh, the last picture that we had as a family. It's been a year and a half since we've all been together. Um, kids are living, uh, some, half of us are in Japan, half of us are here. Um, so there's our four kids a year and a half ago, and hopefully sometime soon we're all going to be able to get, uh, get together again. We live in Japan, 
Um, you know a little bit about Japan, probably, if you're a sushi fan or if you drive a Japanese car. Um, the nation of Japan is about, the population is about one-third of the population of the United States. So 120, 124, 125 million people. The size of Japan is a little bit smaller than the state of California. Um, and Japan is very mountainous. So only a third of the Japanese uh, islands are habitable. So essentially what you're doing is you're taking a third of the population of the United States of America and moving them into Southern California. Um, and that gives you an idea of the population density. Now we live in a small city called Sanda. It's the big star, but it's not big. Okay? Um, we're about 110,000 people, but we live outside the metroplex of Osaka, Kobe, and Kyoto. And that whole area is about 23 million people. Um, so it's a lot of people. What does it look like where we live? Because I know you want to know this before I start talking. This is just a picture of what our community looks like. Um, so, uh, Japan is 90 degrees in the summer and 90% humidity, um, and it's snowy in the winter. Uh, we do have a beautiful spring and a beautiful fall, but that only lasts about one week. Um, so it's either really, really hot or really, really cold, uh, but it's beautiful and green. That's what it looks like. Where do we live? What does our house look like? People want to know that. That's our house. Um, so it just kind of looks like a house. And people want to know, do you have a yard? Yes, we have a yard. And this is completely deceptive. That is all weeds that looks beautiful right after you mow it. So that's when we took the picture. Uh, but... <laughs> That's, about the, uh, that's how much um, grass we have. That's what our yard looks like. Um, so what do we do um, in Japan? Let's start, before we do that, let's look at the Israelites. I love this passage. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it's just, it just shows um, what happens when we take time to listen to God, walk in obedience, take a step of faith, and then stand firm. So we read the scripture verse, um, and thank you for reading the scripture verse. So it was kind of joking, right? We went through that whole list of names, um, and the church asked, do you want to read the scripture, or do you want to have somebody else read the scripture? And I'm like, somebody else, because I'm going to mess up all those names up there. So you did an awesome job. Um, but this is, uh, you know, this is a story of God blessing the nations through Abraham, right? And that's still going on right now. That's going on this morning. Um, Jesus is blessing. We have the culmination of Jesus coming and the blessing of the nations, and that's happening right now. It's happening here in America. It's happening in Japan. Um, and this time of when the Israelites are going to cross over the Jordan and go into the promised land is four, about 400 years after God makes the promise to Abraham that he would be a blessing and a blessing to the nations. So 400 years. You know what happened during all that time, right? They eventually, they end, the Israelites end up in Egypt. They're in slavery. Um, God rescues them, takes them out of Egypt, takes them into the desert, and they, they get out of Egypt miraculously, and then the next thing, they're in the desert, and they're all complaining, that, did you bring us out here to kill us? Um, and then they go through 40 years of wandering in the desert, Moses finally passes. The mantle of leadership has been given to Joshua, and Joshua now is going to lead them into the promised land. Um, and he starts off by saying, come and listen to the words your Lord, your, of your God, right? So I can't tell you how many great ministry plans I've had in Japan that began with, Jesus, let me tell you what we're going to do, <laughs> right? And Jesus is like, okay, Peter, 
you tell me what you're going to do. Jesus is gracious and generous. And actually, Jesus doesn't mind when we say, hey, I'm thinking about this. Uh, What do you think, Jesus? He doesn't mind that. That's that's an open invitation to say, uh, Jesus, come and speak to me. Now, Jesus does laugh when we have the plan and then we stop listening to Jesus. But Jesus invites us in to ministry and wants to tell us what he's doing. So um, the, the uh, verse, you know this verse uh, from James chapter 1. It says, if you, if you lack wisdom, come to the Lord. The Lord will give freely uh, wisdom without finding fault, right? So when we're facing a situation in Japan in ministry and we don't know what to do, when we're facing ministry decisions, and when you're saying life decisions, man, how do I love the neighbor on the other side of the wall that's not really lovable, right? We can go to the Lord and ask for help. Um, and Jesus will always speak to us and give us the answer. Uh, Matthew says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. These are promises that I know that you know, but they're so real. And why? Because Father loves to bless. Jesus isn't asking us to live in complete mystery as to what he's doing. Jesus is inviting us into relationship with him and be a part of being a blessing to the, of the nations. Right? So in ministry and in our lives, we take time to listen to what God is doing. Enter into fellowship and listen. And that's what they were doing as they got ready to cross the Jordan. The next thing that we see is the call to obedience or taking a step of faith. Okay? Jesus always requires us to take a step of faith as we're following him. Okay? Um, Faith does not, though, have to be grandiose. So Wendy and I have lived in Japan for 34 years now. So it's been 34 years. Um, and uh, We love it, and we love the honor and the privilege of being the hands and the feet of the Lord in Japan to this community that we're in. Don't worry that I'm not calling up. I'm not up here to talk, ask you all to come to Japan. So don't, don't freak out about that. Yes, I'm a missionary, but don't worry about that. Listen to what Jesus is saying to you and walk in obedience to that. Uh, but don't be afraid of that. But the, the key is walking in obedience, right? And having faith. So we think about what Jesus said about having faith. Um, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountains, get up and move. Now we're not talking about looking over at Saddleback and praying and ask Saddleback to drop into Newport Harbor, okay? That's not what it is. It's Jesus is illustrating that with the smallest amount of faith, he can do amazing things, and God responds to our faith. Um, and um, in Japan, it's taking those small steps of faith every day. In this story, I love it because the call is for the priests to walk up to the Jordan River. And, and I love it, too, because it starts off with, now the Jordan's at flood stage during this season. And it's kind of like, oh, come on, God. You know, like, after all these years, we've just come out of 40 years in the desert. Why does it have to be when the Jordan's in flood stage that we have to cross over? Right? But this, again, is because God is saying, it's me. I'm doing this. Trust in me. And as soon as the priests got to the edge of the water and put their feet in the water, the river stopped upstream. 
I don't know what that looked like. The Bible doesn't share what that looked like. Uh, I have no idea what was happening upstream. But when they got to the edge and they committed that act of faith, the river stopped. And that's what Jesus calls us to do, the small step. He didn't say jump into the river, don't go flying in, cannonball, get into the middle, it's over your head, and then I'll stop the water. He just said go up to the edge, take the step of faith, and walk in. And that's what Jesus does. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we don't see. They could not see the river stopping upstream. They couldn't see that. All they knew was they had to put their feet in the river and God would stop it. And the call then for us as we walk with Jesus is obedience to walk in faith and to take that small step of faith. And I'm, gonna, I'm excited to share with you a real great story of how Wendy and I have been doing that in Sanda. And then the last thing about this story that I love is standing firm. Right? So the priests are in the middle of the river. They're standing on dry, dry ground and they're there until all Israel passes by on dry ground. Now, at some point, I think Hollywood's going to make a movie about this, right? And a Hollywood movie's going to be, you know, they're, they're crossing, and then it's like somebody's, like, holding the river back or something, and then there's some little kid coming in, and he drops his teddy bear, and he runs back, and it's like, is he going to get out or not? Is the water, water going to come crashing down? It's like, that's not what happened here. It's like, they're, hey, dry ground, man. How you doing? I'm on dry ground. We're just passing through. And that is God accomplishing his purposes. Um, He's accomplishing his purposes in Japan, and he's accomplishing his purposes here in Huntington Beach, Fountain Valley, Southern California. We have the confidence that Jesus, who begins a good work, will carry it on to completion. And we stand firm in that. Three things from this story. One, Listen to God. Listen to what God is doing. Respond in obedience to that. Take the step of faith. And then stand firm and let Jesus accomplish what Jesus is going to do. So, we live in Sanda City, Japan. It's a small city. It's white-collar, middle class, a lot of young families outside of Osaka. 110,000 people. How do we minister in, in our community? Well, in our, in our neighborhood, it's about 40,000 people. I guess that's a neighborhood. Is that a neighborhood? That's more than a neighborhood. It's a lot of people. It's 40,000 people, and it's, it's zoned for no religious buildings. So there's no temples, there's no shrines, there's no churches. And in our community, there are, of 40,000 people, there are two house churches, in other words, meeting inside how, in, in homes, one other house church, and then our house church. Okay. So how do we, as the body of Christ, then be present in our community? Um, that's the challenge that we have. And our ministry model is to be intentionally, deliberately present so that people can taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay. So, we're going to stop. I think if the slides eventually stop, they'll stop, and that's fine. And then I'm going to bring in some more pictures uh, to show you more of what's happening. Uh, Wendy and I, in that home that you saw, uh, we, were, we have done um, all kinds of outreach, um, English classes and things like that, Bible studies to our kids, church meets there, um, every ministry team that we have sleeps there. It's kind of frantic pandemonium 
in our home for a long time. Um, and we love it, but there's just a lot of people coming through. And we got to the point where we were saying, Jesus, um, this is like a little bit too much for us. Uh, we're at capacity. What should we be doing? And uh, in a prayer time, Jesus said to us, if not you, who? If not you, who is going to reach this community? And we said, okay, Jesus, we're here. We receive that, but we need help. And we need to expand our capacity. And so we began praying that Jesus would provide another building where we could host teams and we could operate more ministry from. And we sent a letter um, to Christ Pacific and to all our supporters and say, would you please pray with us for a building? Okay. Now, in our community, there was a building that actually sat vacant for eight years. And every time we went by it, we thought, that is an awesome building. Oh, Jesus, that would be so cool to be able to do ministry from there. For eight years, we tried to find how we could rent it or um, if it was available, and we could never find anything. We went to the neighbors and said, hey, uh, do you know who owns this building, and do you think they would rent to us? And they laughed. They literally laughed at us, and they said, there's no way that that guy would ever rent to you. And so we thought, that's a great building, but that's not for us. Um, Jesus, will you provide? And so, we, and so for eight years that was going on, we sent the letter um, and we gave up on that building. We were just trying to find a small little building somewhere in Sanda. And two weeks after we sent out that letter, Wendy and I were walking to the store on a Sunday afternoon. We were going to buy tofu for a tasty uh, Sunday evening meal, right? Um, and we walked by the building, and there's a man in front of the building wearing a, wearing a suit, reaching down, picking weeds out of the patio. And I'm like, Wendy, check that out. There's a guy over there. Maybe he's connected to the building. And she's like, yeah, maybe so. I'm like, we should go talk to them. And she, and she goes, yeah, we should go talk to them. And I immediately chickened out. <laughs> right? Immediately. I'm like, no way. You don't do that in Japan. You don't just walk up to random people and start talking to them. That's crazy. Right? And Wendy goes, well, I'm going. And she just starts walking across the street. You know, and I'm like, Wait, don't he don't come back. And so she walks across the street. We walk up to them, and we introduce ourselves. And it is uh, the company president that owns this building. And he's like, yeah, I was just out driving around, and I decided to stop by and look at the building. And so we introduced ourselves, and we said, you know, hey, we're kind of interested in your building. Do you think you might, or do you, will you, are you interested in renting it out? Um, so really quick, then he says, well, maybe. Come back on Tuesday, and I'll show you the inside of the building. And Wendy and I are like, no way. I mean, we were so excited, we forgot to buy tofu. We just went home and, and, and <laughs> for, forgot it. You know? So we went home, um, and we immediately sent emails to everybody and said, you guys aren't going to believe this. Uh, we just met the person who owns the building that we gave up on. So we go there on Tuesday, and there's a whole team from this company there to meet us. And so they invite us in, and they start to show us this building. And my thought was, oh, man, we've made a big mistake. It's like, we were, I'm like the guy who walks in the Mercedes dealership on a Ford Pinto budget. Um, 
because we, we don't even have any money. And this building is amazing on the inside. And I'm thinking, there's no way, Jesus. I'm thinking, how can I gracefully exit this conversation? And I said, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And Jesus really clearly said, Peter, just tell them why you want to rent the building. Tell them your vision for how you want to bless the community, how you want to support families, how you want to support students, um, how you want to serve the, even the underserved. And the whole time we're going through this building, that's all I did. I just told the president of the company, this is what we want to do. We got, down, we got done, and he said, listen, if you're interested in renting, you need to contact my business manager. So like, I'm thinking, I don't even like, how much money are you asking for? We don't know anything, right? And he goes, isn't it, isn't it interesting coincidence that we met on Sunday? <laughs> like, well, you know what? Let me be really honest with you. We're followers of Jesus. Um, and two weeks ago, we sent a letter to friends in America asking them to pray that we could find a building to rent. We've been looking for you for eight years, and we never could find you. And we kind of gave up on that. But two weeks after we sent that letter, we met you out front. Now, that could be a coincidence, but we think that's God at work. And they were really cool about that. They were like, oh, okay, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and so we, uh, they, we said, thank you so much for letting us see this building. Uh, and we left, and then we prayed about it. Um, I immediately tried to figure out, Jesus, what are we supposed to do? Because I knew that our very best offer of money that we did not have was going to be lowballing them. And I did not want to lowball them at all. But lowball, like my highball is the lowball, right? <laughs> and so we just prayed about it, and it's like, Jesus, it doesn't make sense. And Jesus said, take the step of faith. Just make the offer. So we called up, and we said, we would like to rent the building, and we would like to pay $1,300 a month to rent your building. Now, in Japan, when somebody, Japanese people don't say no, they do something like this. <laughs> you know? So, so, like, it's like, that's what I hear on the phone. It's like, oh, I heard the sucking of air. You know, <laughs> Jesus! And he, and uh, the business manager of this company goes, well, the company president uh, really was hoping that you'd pay $2,000 a month to rent the building, but I'll take the offer to him. I said, thank you very much. One week goes by, nothing. Two weeks go by, nothing. Three weeks go by. A month goes by. We've tried to call them to see what, the think, what they might be thinking. There's no contact from them, which also is uh, the Japanese word for that is shing, <laughs> which is just the sound of silence. Like, that's all we heard. And that's the other way they say no. Like, you don't say no in Japan directly. Um, it's all indirect. And we thought, okay, well, Jesus, you got something else in, in store for us. And then the phone call came. And they said, hey, we want to meet with you and talk with you. So I was like, okay, good, Jesus. Now, when you're, when you're renting uh, commercial real estate in Japan, there's, different, of course, different sizes of buildings. But a building like that we had, um, there's something called key money that's required to rent a building. So key money is what you have, the down payment you have to make to rent the building. And um, typically it's about eight months rent, the equivalent of eight months rent as a security deposit, and then eight months rent as gift money. So gift money is basically saying, thank you very much for letting me rent your building. Here's a bunch of money I'm never going to see again. 
Okay? So a year and a half months, equivalent of a year and a half months rent is what would be required to rent the building. So we went, uh, and again, that's a year and a half. We don't have that money, right? We don't know what Jesus is doing. Take the step of faith. We went and met with them, and they said, okay, so Mr. Peter said he wants to rent the building for uh, $1,300 a month. We can't do that. Um, would you be willing to pay $1,400 a month? <laughs> I, I, I'm like, poker face, poker face, don't show emotion. But then they said, here's the thing, um, the president likes you and likes your vision and wants to support you. So he said, you do not need to pay any gift money, and would you just pay three months' rent as a security deposit? It's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus is totally at work in that, right? And, of course, we don't have any of that money. We don't have any of it, right? And so, so what do we do? Well, then we wrote um, to you. Um, and you blessed us and helped to provide the money to make that down payment um, and to help get furnishings and to begin to do the ministry in this building that we never thought Jesus would actually give us, right? Standing firm, what does that look like? We started them in the new building just doing activities three days a week on one floor with 30 kids. Okay? Now we have 110 kids coming into programs every week. Um, we have two full-time staff, six part-time staff. Um, we have English programs, uh, Japanese tutoring, I don't teach, math tutoring, I don't teach. Uh, we have STEM programs, STEM camps going on. We have stretch exercise classes. Uh, we're doing videos every month to help kids understand who they are and their value and worth. We're doing videos to help parents have better relationships with their children. Um, it's an amazing ministry that's happening there every week. Um, and Jesus has always provided all the money we need to do all that. Uh, just totally, it's a testimony of standing firm. Yeah. And the, the really cool thing is, Sunday evenings, Lifeway Fellowship meets up on the second floor of that building. Um, we share the Lord's Supper together um, Full on, full course, you know, like we, we, we love the bread and the wine, but we're like, we're doing the whole meal where we remember Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection for us, um, and we gather together as a fellowship. So, standing firm and being intentionally, deliberately in our community is our ministry philosophy, and this is what that building looks like uh, right there. Um, yeah. So um, uh, we call it FLIP. Uh, the name of it is FLIP, and because what we're doing is we want to see everything flip to the kingdom of God. Um, there is a big QR code on that building, too. Um, so we have people all aside and stop in front of the building, pull up. Uh, we have inquiries all the time. Everything we've done is by word of mouth. Everything's grown by word of mouth. Um, and so it's an amazing ministry opportunity. What does it look like? This is inside the building, working with junior high kids. Um, sharing with them, encouraging them, teaching English. Um, these are some different ministries going on. We do a lot with food. Um, you know, the pizza, actually, there is teaching going on. That was a whole unit on nutrition that we wrapped up, and we wrapped it up with kids having to determine what the micronutrients and macronutrients of a pizza were um, as they were making it. Um, we do STEM programs. Oops, sorry, wrong button. 
Um, so this is a marshmallow spaghetti challenge. Um, kids learning how to uh, build structures. And then this is a most recent STEM camp where uh, children were making the poly... Yes, yeah, the, um, the domes. They, those are all newspapers, actually, that they rolled up, measured up, um, and did that. Uh, these are, this is from a parenting class where we're helping parents to learn, actually, to teach words of blessing or speak words of blessing and encouragement to their kids. Um, a fabulous ministry. And, and these kinds of things are all led. They're all, we're doing it all in Japanese, uh, and we have Japanese coworkers. Uh, we do outdoor ministry as well. The school has five kayaks. We take kids out on lakes, um, just spend time talking with them, uh, interacting with them. Um, and then this is from baptism. Uh, we do baptisms at a, a waterfall. It's just up in the hills above Sanda. So again, our church is only this big, so there's nothing inside to do a baptism. So we go outside. Um, there's three kids that were baptized on this day. And then... I hit the wrong button. Uh, we also do uh, free things. So we want to be a generous organization. So this is for classes in an underserved area where we're helping, in this particular case, sixth graders get ready for junior high. Um, and we love these kids, and we love interacting with them. Uh, we want to thank you for your support. Thank you for being a part of what Jesus is doing in Japan. Okay? Um, the, the testimony today in sharing is to say, Jesus is alive. Jesus is at work. Jesus is doing amazing things and is inviting us to be a part of that. Okay? Whatever you have going on, whether it's as a church body, whether it's individually in your community, in your home, let's listen to Jesus. And if you ever get that nudge where you're thinking, hmm, I should pray for that person, or I should, I should share with that person, or I should smile at that person, that's a Jesus nudge. That's Jesus inviting you into what he's doing. And I encourage you then to take the step of faith and say, hey, you know what? Um, I love Jesus. Can I pray for you? Right? We do that all the time in Japan, and nobody has ever said no. No one's ever said no. And if we're genuine with who we are as people, people will say, sure, I'd love you to do that. Take the step of faith in, in your life and then stand firm and watch Jesus accomplish his purposes. Thank you for letting me share today. Uh, we would, yeah. Yeah, That's, it's, all, it's all about Jesus. Um, and I just want to say, too, um, uh, for youth workers, uh, you know, welcome to the new youth worker, but... There's going to be a kid that's bratty and loud and obnoxious. And I was going to say, I was that kid. <laughs> I was that kid. And Jesus transformed my life uh, through people loving me and accepting me um, and a church body that loved Jesus and loved one another. So I just want to encourage you. There's missionaries sitting here. Um, and especially in the kids program, um, what we do with, as we work with kids is we see the future of Japan. We see the next generation of pastors and leaders, and we're excited to work with them. So let me end this time in prayer. Um, join me in prayer before we have time for communion. Jesus, thank you so much for being Lord and God and sovereign. Thank you for loving us. 
Jesus, thank you for inviting us into your work. Thank you that we can be a part of you bringing the nations to know you. And Jesus, thank you that you have blessed us to be a blessing. Lord, may we hear your voice this week. May we walk in obedience to you and take the step of faith that's required. And then may we stand on dry ground while you accomplish your purposes. Be glorified today in our conversations. Be glorified by, in our words, in the attitude of our hearts, in how we worship you, how we love one another, and how we go out this week and love our communities. We love you, Lord Jesus. And we pray in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpchb.org.